Chapter 3 You really ought to know about Louis Barimbe, for when he closed his eyes, he heard music. But now he held his eyes open and held his breath and held on to Silverbell Smith in the darkness, for he had heard music with his own two ears. After years of being lost, he had never felt so found. That's a flute, Silverbell said with utter disbelief. She really ought to have said something more cordial like, hello, how are you? Or what's your name? Or what are you doing in this underground trolley tunnel? But Silverbell Smith was too surprised for such nonsense. Yes, Louis Barimbe confirmed, looking down frantically at the silver tube in his hand that they both knew was much more than a silver tube. That's a violin, he said in his panicked little voice that both of them could barely hear over the trolleys clanging along the tracks behind them. Yes, she said, not sure what to think of this moment. A trolley passed by in an adjacent tunnel, briefly illuminating the face of the boy, who, with hair lighter than hers but eyes darker than hers, looked terribly skinny and terribly afraid. Who are you? Silverbell asked, still unconvinced he was real. I'm Louis Barimbe, and if I were you... I would start running. Louis looked over his shoulder in a fright, his eyes landing on the blue, swirling portal still floating in midair. Why? Silverbell said in confusion, but there was no time for Louis Barimbe to answer her, for the fear in Louis's eyes and the fear in Louis's tone was explained when another figure came barreling through the portal. At first, she thought he was a dog or monster, but from the blue light, there came a man who merely moved like a dog or a monster. He scrambled through the portal almost on all fours, but it was only when he rolled up to his full height that Silverbell saw how much taller he was than them and how much smaller they were than him. Louis. He called to the boy desperately as his eyes looked out wildly. And friend. The monster-like man turned his head sideways when he saw Silverbell and then turned his neck so strangely askew when he saw what she was holding. And violin. The haunting man's eyes shined violently when he saw the instrument she held in her hand, and never before had Silverbell Smith felt that she was in more danger than this. I'm guessing he's why we should run? Silverbell asked, trying to gain bravery to do just that. Yes, Louis confirmed, his voice a half-gasp and a half-whisper. Silverbell nodded, feeling she understood enough for now. Great, let's do that! She declared, and grabbing Louis by the arm, took off running down the dark tunnel. As it just so happened, Silverbell Smith did not enjoy being chased, and wasn't even entirely sure why it was happening. But what she was quite glad about was that if she had to be chased, it was at least in the weaving, winding, whirling tunnels of the underground trolley system that she knew well, and her pursuer, whoever he was, most certainly did not. So, uh, what's going on? Silverbell shouted as they dashed across the dark tracks into another section of tunnel, all the while hearing the horrifying sound of following footsteps galloping behind them. Well, that man is Harry Horton Cove, and he's chasing me because I'm a music maker. Louis told her through labored breaths as he ran beside her, following her lead through the darkness as best he could. He was not a strong runner or a strong speaker so this task was particularly challenging. And now, well, I think he's chasing you too because you're also a music maker. What makes you think that? Silverbell said with a sharp sarcasm as the lights of an oncoming trolley began to shine down the tunnel, lighting their way and flashing the shadow of Harry Horton Cove in pursuit behind them. Um, your violin? 
the boy pointed out nervously. You are a music maker, right? Yes, Silverbell assured him. I'm also sarcastic, so be on the lookout for that. What does sarcastic mean? Asked the boy, looking bewildered and bemused. I'll tell you all about it when we're not running for our lives. Looking over her shoulder, Silverbell could only make out the vaguest sign of movement in their wake. But there was still movement nonetheless. Still shuffling, still skittering, like a beast in the night. Is he with the government? Who else would be chasing after two music makers through a dark tunnel? Louie's little face was illuminated by another passing train in a distant tunnel, and Silverbell saw a fear upon him, a fear that was not new to him, but just as frightful as it had ever been. Louie! You have to come! And girl, you have to come too! They heard the man call behind them, his words like the howl of a lone wolf on his lonely hunt. You know what? I think I'll pass! Silverbell shouted back at the villain. This way, Louie! Silverbell took him by the hand that was holding his flute and yanked him across another set of tracks. But as it happened, Louis Barembe was not as skilled or comfortable or agile or brave as Silverbell Smith in the darkness, or in general for that matter. So in the chaos, the little boy lost his bearings, tripping upon the iron bars and slamming into the dirty, grimy ground. Yet before Silverbell could turn to help him up again, Harry Horton Cove materialized out of the shadows and seized hold of the boy. Get off me! I hate you! Louie screamed and struggled pitifully. Silverbell wanted to continue to run. She wanted to get away. This wasn't her fight, after all. But the horrible sound of the poor boy struggling against the grasp of the man wouldn't let her go any further. She couldn't just save herself. No! No! You can't get away! Cove struggled with Louie as Louie struggled with him. But the boy was so small and the man so manic. Hey! Let him go! You don't want him! Silverbow shouted to Cove, and his sharp and glassy eyes looked up to her with a snap. (laughs) You think I don't want him? You think? I traveled half the world, chased him like a dog, gave up everything, and risked both my life and his because I don't want him. The man seemed more like an animal now, and Silverbell was shivering, but she wouldn't back down as he staggered towards her, dragging Louie in his grasp. I... I need him. He's no use to you without his flute, Silverbell said in a low, knowing voice that is best meant for convincing bears to walk away or babies to fall asleep. Harry Horton Cove's eyes widened in fear. Where's your flute? Cove growled down at Louie, but before the boy could even hope to mumble an answer or think a single thought other than how afraid of Harry Horton Cove he was, Silverbell took action. In your face! She called triumphantly as she somersaulted across the dirty tunnel floor, took hold of Louie's flute lying helplessly on the ground, and chucked it into Harry Horton Cove's face. The metal of the flute smacked into Harry Horton Cove's head as he doubled over for but a moment. Yet a moment was all that was needed, for it was in that moment that Louis Barembe escaped his grasp. Louis, run! Silverbell called to him, and grabbing his flute from the ground, the newly freed boy sprinted in stride with Silverbell and away from the villainous man, who was now regaining his bearings. (laughs) You think you're cute? Cove roared as he too began running the length of the tunnel again. 
<laughs> I'm adorable. Silverbow shot back, resenting the idea that she was anything but. Cove was gaining on them, and though he didn't have the agility of either of the young children, he had longer legs and hunger in his eyes that made their chase through the darkness uncomfortably too close for Silverbell's liking. But there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Literally. Louie, you any good at jumping? She called to him. Jumping? Louie repeated in confusion. Just hold my wrist and jump on three. From the glowing light at the end of the tunnel, Silverbell saw Louie nod. And quickly, he clutched under her wrist while still holding his flute in the other hand. One, Silverbell counted. The children could see the gigantic, stretched shadow of Harry Horton Cove just behind them, his hand reaching out to grab them. Two, Silverbell continued. His fingers were in the corner of Silverbell's eyes. His hand was almost on Louis's shoulder. A whistle blew. Silverbell and Louie jumped for their lives, and suddenly they were tumbling through the door of the underground trolley that had come like a savior in the darkness. Louie and Silverbell smacked into the wooden floor of the trolley, panting heavily and clutching their instruments for dear life. No! No! They heard the voice of Cove scream after them from the darkness of the tunnel. I won't lose you like the others! were the last words that could be heard before the train left Harry Horton Cove in the dust.